Welcome to the third installment of the Life Under the Rainbow Oak podcast. This is Oakborn, and here we go with installment number three, Cheeto Mussolini and his magic sharpie versus the notorious RBG. I woke up this morning before the alarm, racked with anxiety. RBG's passing last Friday, may her memory always be a blessing, has thrown so much more doubt into an already doubtful time. I don't think many people, myself included, viscerally understood what she meant, what she stood for, all she'd done, and what a bulwark she was, and how much we were depending on her. She reminded me a lot of my mom, seemingly able to absorb every blow and come back fighting until her frail body just couldn't take it anymore. And now, with McConnell and Trump working as hard as we knew they would to fill her seat with an anti-RBG to all intents and purposes, their motivations are laid bare. For all those who think they want a world without all that libtard shit like a 40-hour work week and weekends off, OSHA protections, the Affordable Care Act, a functional Centers for Disease Control, environmental regulations ensuring clean water and air, freedom to live that quote-unquote gay lifestyle, which includes marrying the one you love, working without fear of being fired just because you're gay, and other minor considerations. That was very tongue-in-cheek. Women's rights, you know, having a credit card, or a mortgage without a cosigner, the ability to take birth control without the consent of a partner, especially a husband, to not lose a job just because you get pregnant or to have an abortion, your choice, equal rights for black people and other people of color, the right to vote, trans rights, and so many other things we've come to count on. We like it this way. The list is voluminous, but the point is, she worked for us all. The amount of damage our institutions, norms, and laws have sustained under Cheeto Mussolini and his magic sharpie in not even four years is amazing. Unthinkable how much more he will be able to do with packed courts and a win in November. Nothing we have known is safe, especially if you aren't white or male or straight or Christian. These movements are like an ever-tightening circular firing squad with continuous purity testing. It happened in the French Revolution, it happened in Nazi Germany, and it's happening with Trump. As the dear leader gets bored or tired or disaffected with a given person, they get tossed aside and the circle gets smaller and the purity tests get harder to pass. And the faith that so many had in our institutions is now recognized as a false hope. Certainly those loyal to the rule of law and constitution remain, but the agencies have been co-opted and corrupted by Trump. The CDC, the DOJ, the Postal Service have all been Trumpified to some level or another, and pretty much every other agency that we know of. The rule of law and the constitution are only a strong as our collective belief in the ideals they represent. This includes our elections. Trump has been sowing doubt about the elections for months, 
and these have been a sterling hallmark of our country since its inception, along with the peaceful transfer of power, especially as the franchise has expanded. And now that founding principle is thrown into doubt. He has successfully brainwashed his minions into believing that voting by mail is somehow inherently fraudulent, even though, according to former Republican strategist Rick Wilson, Absentee voting has long been the secret sauce the GOP used to help secure wins in states like Florida. And now, tonight, Trump made his plan clear. Pack the Supreme Court with a ninth justice favorable and most likely beholden to him, because that's what he does, and refuse to accept any election results. And then he will use that favorable Supreme Court plan to throw out all mail-in ballots and declare the election null and void so he can just continue on. That's it. There's the plan. And the Democrats, after years of bringing T-sets to gunfights, are finally waking up to the fact that the old norms and rules were scrapped a long time ago. Unfortunately, while they were clutching their pearls and sending scolding letters to Republicans, the playbook fundamentally changed, and they've been stripped of many powers. Additionally, they refuse to use the powers that they do have, such as subpoena and contempt powers of the House. It's not decorous. It's not bipartisan. It's not seemly. Here, have a cup of tea and be careful not to get it on your lace gloves. It's also way past time trying to shame the shameless. The Democrats have got to get it through their heads that the tea set needs to stay at Grandma's house, and while dropping it off, they should grab Grandpa's gun instead. Or maybe Grandma's gun. She's a rockin' old gal. She has to be. She likes tea and guns. We can go with that. As a former congressman, Joe Walsh, said on his Monday 921 F-Silence podcast, the question Democrats need to answer is, what are you prepared to do? He was referencing Sean Connery's character in The Untouchables. But wherever it came from, it's a valid question, and it deserves an answer. The death of the notorious RBG has made an already complex situation worse in this country. As has been said in several places on social media, it's a hell of an indictment in this country that the laundry list of things I rattled off earlier were being held up by one 87-year-old woman in frail health. She can't save us. Pelosi and Schumer can't or won't save us. Mueller didn't save us. The Electoral College didn't save us. Hillary didn't save us. Again from Pogo, we have met the enemy and he is us. All we really have left is the vote. This may well be our last chance. This may be the only thing that saves our democracy. And we must do so in numbers too large to be ignored. And if they try to nullify the election, we must be ready to lay ourselves on the line, just like the civil rights fighters in the 1960s and the Black Lives Matter protesters today. Make sure you're registered and vote.